Talo for Lava. This is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Susana Suiswiki. Coming up. Now what happened there? It's just completely unprecedented. A woman who survived a kidnapping in PNG last year says the country is on the verge of becoming a failed state. Also, as women, we think different, we do things differently, and we bring that structure into um, parliaments. Female leaders from around the Pacific gather in Auckland to address the challenges they face in politics. And New Zealand's National Party representatives say they're in a good place to serve Pacifica. A woman who was kidnapped last year in the Bosavi region and held for ransom says Papua New Guinea is on the verge of being a failed state. Reports from our sources on the ground confirm more than 60 people have been killed in tribal fighting in Inga province at the weekend. As a woman who experienced similar violence, Kathy Alex told our PNG correspondent Scott Waire the government must act. The, the level of violence that we've seen in Inga in the last uh, two days, uh, two, three days, the last week, uh, has been really unprecedented. I've, I've never seen this, this level of violence. Um, for yourself, having gone through that kind of violence, uh, what are your thoughts seeing all of this happen unfold now? You know, the first thought that comes to me is that we're opening the door ourselves. The leaders are opening this door. And they will be the ones to shut it. And I don't know what kind of country we call ourselves. This is a country that, if we look at indicators that shows that a failed state, we are already in it. What's holding this country together is individuals like this, who stand up for their communities to hold peace when there is a situation like this. Now, what happened there is just completely unprecedented, but you can see that women leaders, they've lost resilience through what's happening. You know, every effort to coil peace, every effort to make homes safe for their sons, with what's happening, what do you think the women are feeling right now? They are like that. Uh, for me, that I've gone through this with what happened in Bosabi, the first thing that came to my mind was a work that we did in 27th and Mary Michael is here. People told us, people told us who gave them their guns in Hela. People told us who supplied them ammunition. People told us the solutions also. People told us uh, why tribal fights started, why violence is happening. And one of the thing, recommendations that came out of this work, they mentioned two things. That, that was in 2017. One, for a person who dies, 2,000 kina on top of the coffin box, 2017. For a property that's worth 200, 300,000, that's destroyed, full amount to the person who caused the trouble fight. Last to, down to the last 10 toya or the one toya. Pay it in full. And you know what, for a person like me to feel? The sacredness of life. How can you not value the life of a person? You are putting 2,000 kina on the life of a person, but a property to its value right down to a 10 toy or one toy. I got a fright, like I said, man, the sacredness of life, we've lost it. That was 2017. Look at what happened now. We're losing values. 
the core of this nation is values. Values that all societies together. Tumbuna bring me all in very long. You come out with Tumbuna blue sign. Black and bone blue side, you carry him, you sit down You let him gun come going to tell society blue. You can't let Tumbuna blue him, so Sana blouse line here, and so Togim community, I mean, make him something now. Tomorrow I'm come Sana blue, the same house line All question him now, talk to him, so yes, me make him come up. Talk through. Honesty, leadership, and you come out and to Bunaya. And Mr. Tok took me like giving more parliament line. You got him blood blue side, bone blue side, to Bona Blue, straight Lamar, to Bona Riman, Blofred Naram, Tok Tok Community, and make him example, community be anime. You mean over long, long. Extractive, extractive go. Money, money go. I mean, something blow you. You make that boost here. You make that ground here. You make that war here. You may not get a good place in there. You may throw my away. One plot talk to me about losing. You may lose him, you may. Passing blow in society, passing blow bellies, values. You may lose him. You may need look at him. That was Kathy Alex, who was kidnapped last year, talking to Scott Whitey following the PNG massacre in Inga. Increasing the number of female leaders in the Pacific was the focus of a three-day forum held in Auckland this week. The Pacific Women in Power Forum brought together members of parliament, ministers, governors and parliamentary staff from 11 countries in the region. Tiana Haxton was at the forum and filed this report. Less than 7% of elected members of parliament across the Pacific are women. The Women in Power Forum brought the 7% together to network and discuss ways to increase this figure. Hosted by the UNDP, the forum aims to encourage the region's female leaders to stand strong in tough political environments and inspire the next generation. The UNDP's Tuya Altengaro says the gathering provides a safe space for members to speak up about their collective experiences and challenges. This platform is creating that opportunity to see how we can train and engage and ensure that there is a next generation of women leaders who can participate in uh, politics, whether it's at the national or subnational levels. Honourable Rhonda Tiaki of Niue was the youngest member in attendance. She wholeheartedly believes that more female representation is needed in Pacific governments. Ms Tiaki says women leaders bring a fresh perspective to the political arena. As women, we think different, we do things differently, and we bring that structure into um, parliaments. But we also have to apply the gender lens in all our work, yeah, just to make sure that everyone is being represented fairly. Bougainville's community minister agrees. The Honourable Theonela Roca says being surrounded by other Pacifica leaders boosted her confidence. She is certain they can all work together to inspire more young women to join politics and change the statistic. Being in the room and sensing all the energy and the drive that the women have, we may be looking forward to bringing a lot more, you know, many female prime ministers and presidents across the Pacific region. And I'm really optimistic about that. Fiji's Linda Tambuya says strong solidarity of Pacific women across the region will make their voices louder. She believes having more women in politics will raise the visibility and viability of women in decision-making spaces. Even though we're small in numbers, we are big in terms of our voice. We are the smallest population in the world. But when women support women and women come together in solidarity, we can make magic and we can really effect change in the world. The three-day forum concluded this afternoon. 
Attendees left with a stronger sense of connection across the region as they work together towards a collective goal to inspire more women to become political leaders. New Zealand's Pacific Peoples and Health Minister says he's ready to take action to help the region after returning from the Pacific Mission, where he visited Donga, Cook Islands and Samoa. The first 100 days of the new coalition government is on the horizon, and many Pacifica in New Zealand who voted for change say they're expecting the cost of living and their health needs to be addressed. There's also conversation since Waitangi Day about how Pacifica can shape the nation going forward, despite the National Party not having a single Pacific representative in the House. Alicia Foon has more. I am a better minister for Pacific peoples for that visit, and I look forward to joining the Deputy Prime Minister and being in similar situations with some of the other Pacific countries that we care for. New Zealand's Pacific Peoples and Health Minister Dr Shane Retty says he's now more prepared to serve Pacifica in New Zealand and across the region. One of the greatest needs is bolstering health staff and upskilling people through further education. There's something that I will take on board to see how we can facilitate that, any, any hurdles that we can remove around uh, cross-creditation. Having said that, there was that commitment at the National University of Samoa for $3.5 million for a new Bachelor of Health Science, which talks to building up and supporting those domestic pipelines, those training pipelines. National have no Pacific representatives in the House, whereas the previous Labour government had more than 10 MPs, including a Pacific Deputy Prime Minister. Samoan Fonoti Agnes Lohini is a national candidate and would become the only Pacific MP once a seat becomes available. You know, it was unfortunate. I think it was unfortunate we didn't get any Pacific MPs in this coalition government. You know, that said, we had 11 in the last government. And actually some key areas that I think were very important to me, which is Pacific education, fell drastically. You know, and those other issues that were really key for us as Pacific and, you know, our high needs community, which is cost of living, I mean, it just took a dive. So I think in terms of you've got Pacific representation in the government, but actually for a lot of Pacific people, they didn't actually deliver what they said they were going to deliver. So whilst it's good to have representation, people still want certain things from a government that they should deliver. She also runs National's Pacific Blues, a group aimed at creating future Pacific politicians. She urged Pacific parents to gain governance experience by joining the children's school boards. Most of my time is with our Pacific Blues group, though, because that's the group that I'm really passionate about, is ensuring that our Pacific boys within the party and engaging the party into the community is still strong. Always happy to help people who think that they might want to stand as a candidate one day. National's first Pacific MP, Anai Arthur Anai, says the party has a lot to answer for. National has to look itself very deeply and say, look, whatever we do here, we have a responsibility to make sure that we position a Pacific person with calibre that will get into Parliament and do this. I mean, the insult I had was I was the only Pacific person there. <laughs> and yet they brought another person to look after Pacific issues, which didn't make sense then and still doesn't make sense now. But today I'm quite proud that Shane's there doing a great job because we don't have anybody else. He says despite still supporting the party values, he believes the government must recognise Pacific are big players in New Zealand 
and are deserving of more opportunities to lead. I know what the problems are and I didn't walk for fun. I left because of reasons that I had enough of it. And until such time they recognise we are equal and as good as anybody else, I won't change my mind. Because this is the thing that irks me is that some people think we came off a damn banana boat wearing a low lower and jandals to work in a factory. Those days are history. Our people in this country have proved their ability to do anything and everything and succeed at it. Just give us the opportunity to prove we can. The co-author of a new study illustrating the severity of hurricanes and cyclones says the winds and the strongest storms are getting stronger because of climate change. The study used the example of a hypothetical Category 6 storm to raise awareness that climate change is making the most severe tropical cyclones even worse. Researcher Michael Weiner spoke to Christina Persico. Our goal in this paper was to highlight and raise awareness that climate change is making the most severe uh, tropical cyclones um, more so. And so specifically the, the winds in the strongest storms are getting stronger because of climate change. And that's because basically there's more energy available for these kinds of storms because uh, global warming has indeed formed these, the uh, ocean and the atmosphere. Again, our main purpose here was to raise awareness that the worst storms are get, have already gotten worse. And one way to get that message across was to use this well-used but maybe misunderstood uh, Saffir-Simpson uh, hurricane wind scale. Was it also a goal of yours to have the wind scale looked at, or was your focus just on showing people that storms are already getting worse than they have been previously? It's the latter. We, 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 we do not expect that a, a sixth category will be added anytime soon by the officials to any of these warning uh, mechanisms. Now, only what we wanted to do is use the scale to say that it doesn't describe the most intense storms that are occurring now because of climate change. You know, we looked at the satellite record from about 1980 to uh, 2020 or so and uh, found that the only storms that would reach this uh, threshold of Category 6 of 192 miles an hour were in the last decade. You know, and then we've, we looked also at something called the potential intensity, which is a, uh, a theoretical concept of the speed limit on a hurricane or tropical cyclone, and found that at this threshold that we picked, there was essentially no risk of such storms in 1980, and that there is a substantial risk, particularly in the Western Pacific, um, of such storms uh, now. And in fact, you know, four have occurred in the uh, Western Pacific and then one, Hurricane Patricia, in the Eastern Pacific. So how should the Pacific, should the general know, the, person in the Pacific, say, react? What the public needs to know is that as dangerous as a large tropical cyclone is and how, you know, what, what people might be used to, is no longer the norm in that the supercharged storms are now occurring in way you know at magnitudes that had never been seen before and that we expect that to continue as global warming continues so the risk the hazards that are associated with these kinds of storms which you know we quantified only as by the wind metric but the other hazards also increase you know, the storm surge is driven by wind so if the winds are stronger 
the, the storm surge is going to be larger, and indeed also uh, the rainfall will be increased. And actually, in, in another set of pa- series of papers, we have quantified um, for many uh, tropical cyclones that climate change has already substantially increased rainfall. So that risk is, has increased as well. That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Spotify, Apple and iHeartRadio. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, till fast we four.